0: We're on a mission from God. Wendy. So I got that going. Darling.
1: Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue.
0: Light of my life.
2: We enjoy your films. I am a human. I thought they
1: smelled bad.
0: On the outside.
2: Welcome to Vintage Video, where we're re-watching the 80s so you don't have to. We'll be reviewing every major film release of the 1980s in real time, overanalyzing what you've seen and spoiling what you haven't. I'm Patrick O'Reilly.
1: I'm Jesse
0: Bayless. And I'm Richard Wells.
2: And today marks the 40th anniversary of the release of The Boogeyman on November 7th, 1980. It was written by Uli Lommel, Susanna Love, and David Herschel, directed by Lomel, and released by the Jerry Gross Organization, who thus far this year have distributed Fulci's Zombie 2 for us. The Jerry Gross Organization, headed by Jerry Gross, an exploitation producer of the 60s and 70s, he was the owner and operator of Cinemation Industries, responsible for titles like Teenage Mother and The Black Godfather. Their best-known titles were Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song and Fritz the Cat, The company went bankrupt in 1975 and rights to all their films were sold off. But Jerry Gross resurfaced after a few years working as a clerk at a 7-Eleven with his new company, the Jerry Gross Organization, which scored hits with I Eat Your Skin, I Spit on Your Grave, and The Boogeyman. Soon after, the major studios started buying out all the screens, making independent distribution all but impossible. According to press releases from the Jerry Gross Organization, the origin of the term boogeyman comes from the word bogle, found in scottish literature dating back to the year 1500 a bogle refers to a specter or human phantom the word boogie began to show up in the early 1800s as a derivative of the welsh word bog which meant goblin and a middle english word boggy meaning terror Carradine scenes in this film were all shot in a single day i believe it yep in a single room because probably at his were. house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was probably his house exterior. Yeah,
1: because otherwise, why did you pick a weird mirror room? Yeah.
2: On a budget of $350,000, it made 25 million. What? But the impending bankruptcy of the studio kept this profit out of the hands of the creative team, or at least that's what the Wikipedia page would have you believe. But considering the film's supposed limited release combined with the fact that box office mojo doesn't list it in the top 68 highest grossing films of the year i am unable to confirm this box office total and almost certain it's a bullshit lie
1: yeah well god
2: that's more than bronco billy made and yeah, that had clint eastwood in it
1: no way this movie made that much no. money no
2: I, and i listened to another review of this that said 4.5 and they were all disputing that like no way this made 4.5 million and now the wikipedia page says it made 25 million yeah no a sequel boogeyman 2 aka revenge of the boogeyman was produced in 1981 immediately after this but not released until 83 but
0: isn't this movie the revenge of the boogeyman
2: no <laughs> this is the Venge of the boogeyman but the revenge of the boogeyman tells the story of producers trying to adapt the events of the first film into a film within the film it is apparently what yes it's like scream 3 where they're making a movie about the events of scream 1 but they just did it right away with the second movie so it has the same girl in it and she's telling the story of what happened to her and as she's telling the story we're seeing the entire story over again in flashbacks
1: it wasn't worth it the first time
2: No. no it wasn't but it's it's Almost 50% flashbacks, as is the third installment, Boogeyman 3, a.k.a. Return of the Boogeyman. Now, you might ask yourself, wasn't the second movie Return of the Boogeyman? (laughs) Apparently, this one's Return of the Boogeyman. And that was in 1994. Well, yeah, Revenge or Return, either way. It's him coming back, right? Yeah. Uh, The first two films both landed in section two of the official video nasty list alongside don't go in the house for 1980 that's but unnecessary there's yeah. there's not even one gross shot
1: there's nothing interesting in these films to warrant putting it on that list no uh, i there's I mean,
2: one gross shot
0: There's yeah, somewhat the, i i think to me the the shot that would probably do this was the child window child
2: oh i was thinking the scissors yeah uh, i i
0: i found the window scene much more horrifying yeah than maybe that because it's so quiet it's a quiet crunch (laughs)
2: yeah (laughs) a quiet (laughs) crunch according to the boogeyman's film wikipedia page as of 2016 a team including director uli lommel were working on a series of eight 45 minute episodes for something called boogeyman resurrection originally conceived as a feature and then broken into episodes for television The same paragraph says that the first episode was already under production and would air on Halloween in 2018 while episodes two through eight were still in pre-production with an eventual plan for up to 64 45-minute episodes. Okay. (laughs) As far as I can tell, none of these have aired anywhere, though a trailer for the feature-length version was made available in 2016, and it's interesting. Interesting. The narration, which I'm fairly certain is read by Lommel himself, starts...
1: In 1980, Batman, Superman, and Spider-Man found a new rival. His name is...
2: The <laughs> Which is confusing on a number of levels. <laughs> Firstly, that this is not a superhero story yeah. at all. Yeah. Also, in 1980, Superman was huge but the most recent batman film was 14 years old and spider-man didn't get a movie for another 22 years it also bothers me that we're mixing dc and marvel people but i think llama was just looking for some of that mcu money when he put this trailer out (laughs) the next narration says in a few days
1: the boogeyman stormed to the top of the charts to become the number one movie in america
2: Again, I don't believe this is true, and it doesn't top any weekend in 1980, according to Box Office Mojo. I can't corroborate this film brought in $25 million anywhere that isn't (laughs) user-edited. Speaking of Spider-Man, though, the narration continues.
1: In 2005, evil dead monster Sam Raimi presented his moviemen, and once more, it became number one.
2: This part is half true. What? sam raimi made uh, produced a series called the boogeyman
1: yeah but that has nothing to do with correct this. <laughs> it has the
2: same title but it's not at all related to this movie but it did win its opening weekend in 2005 with eight million dollars and they did have to pay uli lommel for the rights to release a movie called the boogeyman but it's not related to this film at all
0: so he forever owns the title to boogeyman
2: that's crazy right i feel like you could make a movie called the boogeyman and not pay him any money because it's not that well established a franchise Now,
1: after an 11-year vacation, the Boogeyman legend is back in the hands of its original creator.
2: No, the last film in this franchise was in 1994, and even if you wanted to pretend that they were all the same franchise... Raimi's boogeyman had sequels in 2007 and 2008 making this an eight-year vacation at the shortest and 22 years at the longest assuming of course that this film was released in 2016 which it was not and still has not (laughs) featuring
1: human centipedes lawrence harvey and american horror queen tristan risk so when do we start having fun
2: around here Now, I'm splitting hairs here, but American horror queen Tristan Risk was born in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if this show will ever be released because Lommel passed away in 2017 at the age of 72. Speaking of death, Steve McQueen died today. Though he tried to keep it secret, news of his terminal cancer diagnosis made the National Enquirer in March of 1980... When doctors in the U.S. insisted his heart couldn't take the strain of surgery to remove a five-pound abdominal tumor, he flew to Mexico for the operation, checking into a clinic under the name Sam Shepard. Twelve hours after surgery to remove a series of tumors, he passed away in a sleep of heart failure. He was 50 years old, and The Hunter would be his final film, though he was recently portrayed in Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by actor Damian Lewis. If you're anything like me, I'm sure you've been following the elections this week. And I think it's time we offered a vintage video congratulations to our new president-elect, Ronald Reagan, who defeated the incumbent Jimmy Carter in a landslide Tuesday, November 4th, 1980. We open this film with red titles and dramatic music. The camera cranes down out of a tree to show a house. Two children, a boy and a girl, stand on the porch. We move up to a window to watch inside as a woman, the mother of the children, flirts with a man holding a liquor bottle she takes off a stocking and puts it over the man's head the woman notices the kids lacy and willie watching and yells at them the man gags and ties willie to a bed as punishment for watching but the sister is just told to go to sleep <laughs> she doesn't get any kind of real punishment
1: i mean is it is, was that his punishment or was that just to stop him from coming back out and watching again i don't know i like, don't know it's both i guess they're not super clear yeah. on what this guy's intent was
2: the mom and boyfriend retire to their room and little sister gets a big knife from the kitchen to cut her brother loose and hands him the knife in a very tall point of view <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, he's
0: just he's just holding the knife really i guess high
1: i above guess he's head. holding it straight above his head because we you know we see it at at tall cameraman sized uh i think you know, the kid's angled. just
2: literally holding the knife up in front of the camera and walking down the hall oh but, th- yeah but it's supposed so? to look like he's holding the knife in front of him and so it's very wrong right,
1: it's supposed to look like it's in front of him but it is well above the door handles and <laughs> yeah. these kids are not that tall <laughs> yeah
2: uh but they walk down the hall towards this room and uh in a mirror balanced on the dresser we watch as will stabs the shit out of the boyfriend's back and the blood makes bizarre blooping sounds as it <laughs> bubbles up from his back <laughs>
1: There's a lot of interesting sound editing, yeah, happening in this movie.
2: <laughs> we cut to a cemetery years later, and then pan over to a church. In the confessional, Lacey admits that she still has visions of that night. Father Riley tells her that she is sheltered by her trust in the Lord. He also visits the house later and is introduced to Willie, who in adulthood is a mute. I don't know if he was also mute as a child.
1: Well, they said uh, he hasn't talked since that night. Since the mm-hmm. accident, okay,
2: accident. That's the wrong word. Murder, <laughs> murder. Murder. murder, straight child murder. murder murder by child murder by child
1: i want to make a movie called murder by child now
2: (laughs) father riley is asked to stay for dinner Lacey's husband a police officer returns home with groceries her son kevin sits precariously on the lip of a well and she calls to him to help with the groceries we get disturbing rhythmic music played over a very bland dinner conversation
0: although i love the soundtrack for this movie yes it's
2: very weird yeah it's uh it's like kidnapping of the president level like sound effects as soundtrack yeah uh
0: but i also just love the composer's name tim crog
2: that's pretty cool lacy finds a letter and a pile of mail from her mother and reads it to herself at the table mom is dying and she wrote to urge them to come see her so it seems already like this movie is about them going to see her but nope (laughs) we never follow up on this letter and we never see the mom again
1: as your mother i feel i have the right to see you at least one more
2: time the letter triggers flashbacks to the night of the murder for lacy willie stands and walks out and lacy follows him to the well she tries to calm him down insisting she's not our mother anymore you can't plead guilty for what happened 20 years ago as lacy watches her aunt carve up the turkey the flashback music starts blaring again and i kept waiting for this chicken to just start gushing blood all over the table as she's cutting it but that never happens
1: so this movie is only what like an hour and 20 minutes long <laughs> yeah, it's super short and if you cut out all the repeated scenes that we get in the flashbacks like I, it's mean, an hour it, maybe maybe maybe
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh lacy gets a bottle of wine from the pantry which kicks off more flashbacks and every time someone asks what's wrong she just says nothing after dinner when everyone leaves willie picks up a knife and the letter from a few angles outside the house the home very closely resembles the amityville horror house And I'm sure that's no accident.
0: Yeah, it has like the two Amityville windows. Yeah. But they're very, very tiny. Yeah,
2: so it's like squinting. Willie cleans the knife in his room beside a fishbowl. I was worried he was just going to gut his pet fish (laughs) here. But uh, he sticks it in a drawer full of stolen knives. And then he lights the note from his mother on fire.
1: Yeah, so like I feel like we're establishing that there is something wrong with this guy. Yes. But I don't really... We, we never really are clear about what that is and it's not the point of the movie no like not at all like him being mentally disturbed from this has nothing to do with neither the does the her movie.
2: husband being a cop that never comes yeah. into play
1: and i wasn't entirely sure that
0: they were married like
2: they have a kid together but maybe they're not married
0: well yeah that like it's just the way that like their uncle describes a relationship is like i was like i think she's found a good man it's like oh they're this dating is like a new
2: situation yeah, yeah
0: it, it, it was it was it was just a weird phrasing and then i never assumed that this kid was theirs until later when they kept saying mommy and daddy is like whose mom whose parents are are this kids
1: <laughs> i don't apparently he has parents but a kid sitting on the side of a well repeatedly is not a kid that seems like he has parents yeah yeah i thought this well was like boarded over or something but nope nope this is basically the kid from
2: house of dark shadows again
1: it's a wide open well nobody cares children play by it
2: yeah it's ridiculous (laughs) they need to fill that thing in because they're not using it anymore they have running water in the house in the bathroom Lacey teaches her eight-year-old son how to brush his teeth
0: Um, (laughs) it's a bit late yeah Yeah.
2: (laughs) we get this weird cosmic zapping sound that surprises her but it's just that familiar zapping noise of your husband softly touching your shoulder
0: (laughs) again this was why i thought that they weren't a couple yeah or that they haven't been a couple for very long because if they're living together and have a child they should be pretty familiar with like seeing and being around each other i would think
2: but they're not as she cleans the countertop we hear a bunch more crackly computer sounds for some reason (laughs) as she stares blankly into her reflection in willie's room he drops a snake into a terrarium and then feeds a handful of crickets to a tarantula in a nearly shattered terrarium it's like the whole back of it is all spider webbed like it just needs one more good tap and the spider will be out
0: at this point my note here is i really want this movie to be about things that seem menacing but absolutely nothing happens like everything is just like can be explained by coincidence Just the soundtrack the
2: whole time yeah
0: or no just like she keeps having horrible flashbacks but nothing ever comes of it yeah Yeah. it's
2: just a movie about trauma yeah uh willie wears this same dumb lawnmower man costume for the entire film for some reason As he moves down the hall, we suddenly cut to Lacey in her underwear being dragged across the floor, but the camera is on its side, so at first it looks like she's hanging upside down. She is gagged, and her hands are bound the same way Willie was in the first scene, but now she's being tied to a bed, and someone is sharpening a knife over her. Just as the knife is stabbed downward, she wakes up screaming, and possibly completely naked in bed. Yeah. Uh, She tells her husband that she can't stop having the dreams. She's scared. She doesn't want to remember the incident, and she refuses to see her mother. Willie listens from right outside the door for no reason.
0: Yeah, but also, this is a crowded household. I'm surprised that her sudden scream in the night didn't wake up anybody else. Yeah. Unless this is like a really common thing.
2: We see the exterior of a fancy mansion, and then we cut inside where Dr. Warren, played by John Carradine, is going to help her remember the childhood trauma she just said she didn't want to remember. Most of this scene, we're seeing Lacey in the reflection of a mirrored wall behind Dr. Warren. He lays her down and asks her to tell him the story of that night, that her brother murdered a guy. At the climax of the flashback, she starts speaking in a mix of Zool and Pazuzu. (laughs) Sort of pazuzu if you will. And then... Lacey's husband, Jake, thinks the letter from her mom has brought all this on, but she's been having flashbacks for five minutes leading up to that scene. And
1: and, and at no point in those flashbacks does anybody use those words. Yeah. So why is that what she's saying? I don't
2: know. (laughs) She even told Father Riley that morning that she couldn't escape the visions.
0: Uh, at, at this point, um I had the 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 footage up on at the same time as a another window, which I was making my notes in. Yeah, and it, the framing of the shot has John Carradine on the left, but looking left. Yeah, and I'm like, oh crap! I accidentally covered up. No. The other half of the frame. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I moved it around. And I was like, wait.
2: Nope, she's behind him. She's, Look over oh, there.
0: Okay, wait, no. Okay, so there's the husband over to the right, looking into the mirror. At john Carradine, but john Carradine is framed on the other side Yeah, <laughs> the no,
1: it's a weird mirror room and i guess they used it because mirrors i guess are imp- central to the theme important yeah. to this theme or apparently. to the franchise but i don't i don't understand the framing of this shot in this room it is so bizarre and it and, and it was and it's really disorienting and i figured i'm like they must have done this because it's the only place in the room that you could have put this camera for this shot uh, and, not, and a, you didn't see the camera right, right. <laughs> i'm Perfect. like oh so you have to just put these guys off center and we see two of them and it's not well, i don't know what's is that,
0: and here. i'm all like is this breaking the 180 degree rule <laughs> because <laughs> i'm seeing both sides of the frame at right? the same time
2: <laughs> <laughs> warren suggests going back to the murder house to purge the memory in the barn willie sets a giant mirror against a wall i don't know why but he brings a really tall mirror into the barn and leans it against the wall Lacey and Jake leave the kid Kevin with Lacey's aunt and uncle and head out to Murderville. While they're gone, a friend of Lacey's sneaks into the barn to hit on her mentally handicapped brother.
1: Well, hold on, though. When they're leaving... yeah (laughs) the kid is just out in the yard Mm -hmm. and like the aunt and uncle or whoever else lives in this house is nowhere to be seen yeah and the 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 mom and dad are just like okay we're gonna be off for a couple hours and just leave the kid there and like at the very last moment the aunt walks out but i was and even she's
2: confused she's like uh, are you guys going somewhere? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah, we'll be back oh in a yeah, couple you're hours. yeah, are watching
1: our kid, by the way, which they don't actually say. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, we'll be gone for a few hours. And yeah. Like, you didn't make arrangements for somebody to take care of your child yeah. that is playing by an open well? Yeah. <laughs> and is this her aunt and uncle?
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> okay. Or her and Willie's.
2: That's yeah. what I meant. Yes. While they're gone, a friend of Lacey's sneaks into the barn to hit on her mentally handicapped brother in a bizarre backless jean dress. <laughs> she leans against an animal paddock and lifts her skirt suggestively and he asks her to tell him about the rabbits by which i mean silently chokes her to death he lifts her (laughs) off the ground and almost kills her before he notices the mirror in the corner that he just put there and then he drops her to the floor
0: this never comes (laughs) back and is never explained there's never like a police like oh yeah by the way uh there's a a assault charge yeah
1: i mean Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil some stuff here just because I don't want to do it. Come back later to this, but when the idea of the the movie is that we've released this evil spirit somehow from the mirror and it is doing bad things, I yes. I, I think I'm trying mm-hmm. trying to piece this together as to what what the actual concept of the the evil in this movie is. So that hasn't happened yet. Correct. So Willie is just disturbed and doing this of his own volition yes mm-hmm. but he isn't the bad guy of this franchise no no okay
2: i don't know who the bad guy of this franchise is because we never see the boogeyman the boogeyman is not in this movie
1: well the boogeyman i assume is the dead boyfriend
2: the dead boyfriend who has never done anything to anyone but
1: he all he did was get murdered
2: yeah that he tied a
1: kid
0: up and <laughs> probably not the first
1: time yeah, yeah. well maybe not he, but he's
2: an abusive boyfriend of a mother
1: right but this that that amounts to enough evil to trap you into a mirror and commit murder 20 yeah. years later yes. yeah it's not yeah. like this oh, yeah. is
2: jack frost getting his truck flipped and then melted in chemicals and mm-hmm. it's like this is just a guy who was dating a lady and was mean to her kids and then he got stabbed to death <laughs> like or, what happened to him was murder
0: yeah or or even like something like shocker where he he does like this whole seance Thing before he gets sent to the electric yeah. chair, like, yeah, all right, then yeah, I do believe his soul would be transferred to something else or Chucky. Yeah, you know? this, this yeah, isn't
2: yeah, a yeah. Chucky situation. Yeah,
0: this, but <laughs> why did I pick a mirror? Um, uh, getting back to Katie, the assaulter, uh assaulty, uh, assaulty, no, well, she's a little bit of an
1: assaulter. Yeah, yeah that's, that, <laughs> that, that's
2: that's true. Yeah, that,
0: that's how I'm playing this off, is why it never comes back. Because like, so you're saying that you were sexually assaulting my mentally handicapped brother and then he strangled you so but uh, i don't know
2: if he's actually supposed to be mentally handicapped or they're just saying he's like a tiny tim like he just needs christmas to come eh,
0: he seems a little slow yeah um that's but true. but no more than you know like you said lawnmower man uh, yeah
2: who also wears a yellow t-shirt and mm-hmm. super long jean overalls <laughs> for the entire movie and hangs out in a barn for most of it until he's in vr aunt helen is cleaning up at home when she notices that all the mirrors were painted over because willie is worried that they will motivate him to kill again even though he wasn't looking at a mirror for his only successful murder so far and it seems like a mirror just stopped him from killing somebody Mm -hmm. when lacy and jake get to the house they see that it's for sale a girl at the door offers to give them a tour but her parents aren't home she offers up freely that she her teenage sister and their baby brother are here alone and the parents are gone for the whole weekend
0: yeah also they keep in in like trying to get more information from them like jake is like so your parents aren't coming back like yeah. like, like you're the one who's being creepy now yeah. he
2: right. was going to come back and check on them later and make sure they were okay
1: Say, saying baby brother is a little misleading. Those kids are like 12.
2: Right. But I think when you're 17 and 20 that you refer to that kid as your I baby. just
1: want to be clear for the upcoming scene. This right. kid is not a baby. I mean, it's still disturbing. No, it's but. not sad. He's 12. <laughs> it's fine. I just want to be clear.
2: <laughs> he had a good run. <laughs> it's not
1: infanticide. It's <laughs>
2: happening. Yeah. Uh, Lacey and Jake move upstairs and move into a bathroom for some reason where the baby, quote, baby brother, <laughs> uh, Timmy, tries to surprise them from behind a shower curtain but they don't even flinch well
1: Uh, it's a little disturbing that the brother is wants to like sneak up on his sisters in 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 the bathroom
2: yeah
0: it's perfectly natural to be curious
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) but he just throws up in the curtain and yells at them or no he says (laughs) google no he says boogeyman uh his sister tells him to get out of there and then he walks around the corner but then peeks back at them and gestures for Lacey to follow him and also she does for some reason and also jake doesn't like he just yeah. hangs out with this teenager while his wife wanders around the corner with this creepy kid
1: who called her gorgeous yeah he's like, like hey, hey gorgeous
2: <laughs> uh, she moves into the murder room and she looks at the murder bed And then she looks up at the murder mirror. Yes, the same one. Apparently, it came with the house. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But she sees her mom's boyfriend again with the stocking still over his head, just lying in the bed, but only in the reflection. She verifies that it's not happening next to her. And he stands to approach her from the mirror until Lacey picks up a chair and shatters the mirror into a thousand pieces. Jake tries to excuse her behavior to the homeowner or the homeowner's children. And then collects 999 of the (laughs) 1,000 pieces of mirror off the floor to take with them. And
0: then steals the mirror frame. I
2: I don't understand why they get to take it.
0: You pay for the damage. Unless he said, I'm going to go get another piece of glass cut for this. Well,
2: he did say, I'm willing to pay for the damage. And she said, don't worry about it. It came with the house. Um, But
0: but then you don't say, oh, well, then. Well, then then it's mine. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's not yours, technically.
2: (laughs) They say you break it, you buy it.
0: Jake just pushes her to the ground. Call your parents, why don't you? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Oh wait, they won't be here for a couple of days. Also, the piece he leaves behind must have been intentional, because it's one of the biggest pieces, and it's right in the middle of the rug.
1: And as we see later, the the, the paper bag that he collected the pieces with gets, like, dumped out and there's just like a bunch it's, more pieces it's like glass dust inside of it yeah. so I'm like you managed to pick up like every glass dust of- bits but not <laughs> this giant shard or, left in the middle of the room or, or
0: even better <laughs> that he vacuumed and then emptied the vacuum yeah. bag of dust it's he's like, not even
2: sweeping I, he's literally doing it with his fingers
0: yeah, he's just licking his fingers and put it down <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then he just waits for his skin to heal and expel all the pieces keeps, of glass his
0: tongue is uh, shredded every time he goes through <laughs>
2: oh yes. god that's gross <laughs> but really this last chart should have been like leaned against the wall or tucked under the rug somehow there's no reason he would leave this giant piece here but he takes like the frame and everything out to the car
1: yeah you better take that out of here it's bad luck shut up timmy
2: like they just hate their brother i imagine the parents are going to come home and say hey where'd our mirror go <laughs> and they're just like oh some people on a walkthrough <laughs> broke it and then they just took it when they left i don't think, I, I don't <laughs> think yeah <laughs> luckily this conversation will never happen <laughs> It's going to be more like, hey, where did our... Oh, there you guys are. As they drive away, Lacey insists she isn't crazy and that instead what actually happened is that she was attacked by an invisible reflection until she destroyed the mirror that it lived in. Like, at the same time, she's saying these things and saying, I don't understand why you think I'm crazy. What happened was, and then she says a thing that she can't not realize is crazy unless she's crazy. Weird that we now have two movies in a row where a character can be defeated by... Destroying the mirror they live in. Impossibly, Jake has reconstructed the entire mirror in its mm-hmm. frame back at Aunt Helen's place.
0: This is li- yeah, like you said, this is a thousand-piece puzzle. It. How long does a thousand-piece puzzle take? Yeah, and those Several pieces hours. look
2: different from each other. <laughs> they're they're not all the same color, which is a reflection. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I keep looking at the box, but the box yeah. is just this mirror that's not broken. Yeah, <laughs> I keep looking at the
2: paper bag I brought it home man It's not helpful uncle ernest doesn't understand why any of this is happening and tells <laughs> and willie neither do I. Yeah, he's, he's definitely the voice of the audience uh, he tells willie to clean all the painted mirrors and he tells jake to throw this razor sharp piece of trash away
0: which he doesn't yeah, yeah. he keeps
2: not doing it jake points lacy at the mirror to confirm that she doesn't see a man in it back at the murder house the orphan shard starts glowing bright red and we hear its heart beating
0: i i did like the effect of how like even the red was yeah like oh boy that is just it's like an out of focus
2: glowing light Mm -hmm. Uh, the middle home alone kid asks baby bro where her barber scissors went and he claims not to know the phone rings and even though she is much closer to it middle kid asks timmy to answer it and he says i'm not expecting any phone calls (laughs) after she leaves timmy stands and walks out of the house and we cut to POV following middle kid, who apparently also didn't answer the phone. So I don't know why the phone rang at all. We we didn't answer it. We don't know who it was. She finds her quote unquote barber scissors,
1: yeah. and these aren't barber scissors. These scissors are enormous. These scissors are like big fabric scissors. They're, yeah. they're, they're they're uh for they're like tailor scissors. They're not little shears that you cut hair with.
2: If your barber uses these, you have felt hair. The POV is now standing in the shower stall, breathing very heavily, and we cut back to the insert of the glowing shard, and then the middle kid cuts a huge chunk of her hair off.
0: Well, I also want to say that this is really inconsistent with the rest of the movie. Yes. Because it seems like the shard has to be present in the area of location.
2: But right now it's in a different yeah. room. Yeah,
0: it's in a I different don't know. room.
1: I, I feel like they are, in, They. I tried to figure out what the rules are. And I think it's inconsistent all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So It's I, like
2: he knows you're alone where you're like, he only kills women who are about to get married and also tailors and sometimes just, just people price. that bother him.
1: Yeah. I don't, yeah, no, I, I don't know what the logic is behind this because, you know, Willie was doing weird things before the mirror was even broken. And later, it, there's definitely not shards totally present when things are happening yeah. in there.
2: Uh, but after she cuts this big chunk out of her hair, then the scissors move down her cleavage to cut her shirt in half to let her boobs out. And then she jams the blades into her neck and collapses, bleeding into the tub. Timmy pops his head in through the window to shout boogeyman again at her corpse, and then the window slams shut, cracking his neck.
0: Uh, that was... It It all happened so quick. Yeah. Yeah. I... I... I was like, wait, what? Because the window comes down and he just kind of goes. I was like,
2: yeah,
1: what? Yeah. yeah, I wasn't quite sure if that was a, an actual murder until we cut back to him yeah. and there's actually blood on the blood windowsill. just
2: pouring out of his mouth.
1: I mean, maybe maybe the fact that there is any mirror present is enough. Like it doesn't have to be the particular mirror shard because there is a mirror in the bathroom and like there is a mirror in the barn and yeah and i Willy think any part painting of this... mirrors, so so yes i guess this guy can travel to any mirror
2: i don't I, th- I think it has to be this one mirror
1: i don't think it does though because it's i mean then why what why is willie painting all the random mirrors because
2: he's he's a dum-dum <laughs> he doesn't know anything he,
0: he willie's a red herring in this movie everything yeah. he does is a red herring
1: uh, okay
0: but the other sister, the living sister, now picks up the shard.
2: Yeah. First, she walks into the room and she refolds a towel. She and,
1: refolds a towel that's already folded multiple times.
2: <laughs> and then she remakes the bed that was already made, and she brings the she like finds the last shard just wide out in the open, mm-hmm. and then brings it into the bathroom. Yeah, because we
1: didn't bother to vacuum after this glass broke in the yeah. bedroom. Yeah,
2: and I guess it's is it like piloting her into the yeah, bathroom? Yeah, yeah. Uh, But it's making her squeeze the shard so hard that her fingers are just dripping blood into the sink, which is very gross. Uh, She drops it in the sink, and it just explodes into flame. And then the medicine cabinet slaps her to death. Like, it just pops open so hard that she dies. It hits her in the head, and she's dead.
0: Yeah, and she falls over, and then you hear like a... And I was like, did she she crap herself? Well, you know that
2: happens.
1: (laughs) So... That, that's another reason why i think any mirror is a vehicle for him to to use because the it, medicine cabinet the had a medicine mirror on cabinet it. was the mirror in that's the bathroom true. that was, and the shard
2: was already gone because she dropped right, it in the sink
1: right and it seems that these shards you know they disappear, disappear that way. when exposed to water
0: we cut Good back to, there's no water in the human body and yes. blood
2: <laughs> yeah it's like uh, signs all over again we cut back to dr warren's home and he explains that Lacey feels guilty giving her brother the knife that night however by destroying the mirror you exercise the ghost once and for all willie rakes the barn until wind blows a paper bag in front of him he dumps the bag full of mirror sprinkles on the floor <laughs>
0: which has also very large shards that yeah. are clearly not in the finished mirror
2: yeah. yeah but he dumps it all on the like he just tips the bag over and dumps it all on the floor that i thought he was just cleaning Uh, He distracts himself with a broken radio for a moment while a pitchfork is magically animated and sneaks up on him with an intent to stab. Lacey walks in and looks right past him, so I thought she would either see this pitchfork or confirm that it's no longer on the offense, like Buzz Lightyear when Andy walks in just clattering to the floor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But instead, they chat for a bit until the fork just drops from above and Lacey pulls Willie out of its path and it stabs harmlessly into a hay bale. They look around confused for a bit, but before the mirror can attack again, Willie presciently douses the mirror dust in water before leaving the barn. He just dumps a bucket on all the mirror dust so that people aren't like, wait, what about those pieces of the mirror? You didn't get those.
1: Yeah, but at this point, I don't think I was super clear on water's effect on the mirror, right. so that didn't mean anything This to was me. supposed
2: to be for the second watchers. I,
1: uh, who, yeah. who are those
2: people? Yeah. I watched it twice.
1: And also, water hasn't
0: played didn't it play any effect or po- thing in the
2: murder no
0: like water wasn't like this thing about like unless
2: it goes further back and the boogeyman was in the mirror that forced him to kill the guy that night
0: oh
2: but i don't know if that's true or not because i don't know who the boogeyman is because we never see him we, we only get to see well, the no, murder I victim once do in the mirror
1: because the murder victim is seems like he's coming for her in the mirror but why is he, yeah, he might be her? like,
2: He might be like, hey, you kids killed me and got <laughs> away me. with it. I'm stuck in a mirror. And she's like, fuck <laughs> you, and smashed the mirror with a chair. I don't know. Got sent to think, the th- Phantom Zone. I don't think zone. that this
1: whole origin yeah. story was uh, very well no, thought No, I don't out. think
2: so. <laughs> Lacey promises Jake that she won't have nightmares anymore. Great. That ought to do it. <laughs> Inside the house, she invites Kevin fishing and promptly chops up some ham bait. Uh <laughs> A shard just falls out of the mirror, and then Kevin steps on it, and it just gloms onto the bottom of his shoe permanently.
0: Well, I'm assuming that that Jake had glued the mirror pieces, so there was probably still some wet glue. Maybe, or maybe that's the kid all had got. gum on his shoe. But also, that that piece of glass isn't isn't like paper thin. You'd feel it walking around. Yeah, for right.
2: sure. And it's a piece well, of it's glass that will though. also
1: break when maybe you walk he has on it.
2: <laughs> terrific arch support. <laughs> Willie is hypnotized by the mirror and reaches out to touch it. And Jake says, Willie, don't touch that. (laughs) See, you cut yourself. (laughs) You big dummy. (laughs) Just kidding. We all know you're a genius. You just don't speak. Kevin sits on the edge of the pier and the light reflects off of his shoe mirror at a nearby beach where two couples are hanging out. One of the guys takes one of the girls aside to proposition sex in a nearby abandoned home. Outside, the other girl asks the other guy if he thinks the hot dogs, plural, are about done, (laughs) but there's only one on the grill, and it's burnt to fuck. (laughs) She offers to go get the buns, and the guy tosses his beer bottle in the ocean. In the abandoned house, light from the kid's shoe is visibly reflecting off all the walls in the room somehow. The girl kneels in front of the guy, and we hear... techno vibrate sounds until a board falls off the wall spooking the girl out of a blowjob mood back on the beach guy one pushes girl two into the water all
0: right so oh boy this scene (laughs) here we go i was so upset they were so close to the water yeah the The blanket? blanket is
2: practically in the water yeah
0: and it's already covered in sand and it's wet and then she gets thrown in the water It's like that towel is already sopping wet you are already sopping wet by note in all caps the towel is getting wet
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's it's infuriating to watch they couldn't find a real beach so they found a place with three feet of sand that could they could barely fit a towel on and pretend like these people were on a beach somewhere
1: oh and it is the grossest looking beach yeah like i mean not just the the grill full of you know burnt bits of Hot yeah dog. there's like one but full like, hot dog
2: and then a bunch of tiny <coughs> crumbs that are just burn burning bits.
1: but like there's trash everywhere yeah probably mm-hmm. from it's, them it's gross I mean and this is an abandoned house that is just falling to pieces like yeah. this is not like a, a a cool hangout sexy makeout place for for teenagers yeah. like this is icky
2: it's gross uh, guy number one who just pushed the girl in the water brings a box of stuff back to their car when the breathing POV attacks again
1: I like the box of stuff though, because it's literally a giant knife. And like you mm-hmm. guys, ba- you it's brought a, it's a hot skewer. dogs. And no, they also he, she all one of the girls also throws a knife oh, yeah, in the yeah. box, like it's a, one of the it's the knife equivalent to what they stabbed the guy with in the yeah. beginning of the movie. Yeah.
0: And but it's they also had it was in the sand. I know, it was sticking up out of the sand, so and they pull it up, jam your kitchen knife into
2: the sand. It's giant box, and it's got a
1: kitchen knife, and a and a and a pokey thing from the grill, and yeah. that's it.
2: That's it. <laughs> Uh, But he puts it in the car and then he walks in a full circle around the car before sitting down in the driver's seat and just waiting patiently for the kebab skewer to come back to life and then stab him through the back of the head and out his mouth. When his girlfriend comes to check the car, she somehow can't tell that he stabbed totally through his head until he turns to gurgle at her and as she screams, the car door slams on her butt pushing her toward him and the blade coming out of his mouth goes into her mouth and they become a kiss kebab <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't even understand how this physically works it's not
2: long enough to go the whole way through well
1: and and i wasn't sure if it was the the the, the, the skewer or the knife that stabbed him because mm-hmm. um, it is it, they don't really show it super clearly yeah but either way it's it's only protruding an inch or two from his mouth yeah and that means like the rest of it's going through his head, and I thought through the back of the car seat, but yeah, maybe so not. Yeah, he so he wouldn't he, be able to turn his head. he wouldn't be able to turn yeah. his head, because yeah. it, would, it would, you know, and like he's already dead, so it, his head would just be falling over, yeah. and then, I don't know. But not, I, don't, I think he's not sense.
2: dead, because it missed every like vital thing on the way through, so he's fine, yeah. and she's fine. They're just locked in this kiss forever, until they die. But you're right. There's only like a couple inches sticking out of it. So it couldn't possibly reach yeah. the back of her mouth, let alone mm-hmm. go through her head.
1: I do appreciate the effort that they went to on this particular shot, though, because they have um, they, they have a series of, of cuts in here to make it look like it's going th- through his mouth from yeah. the back of his head. Because they, they...
2: First, it's, it's just alongside it, it's his co- head.
1: It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. They're, they're showing it approaching the back of his head. And then they show it come through uh like
2: between his lips and a profile right yeah Mm -hmm. so
1: it's so his head's in a profile and you see you see this just shooting out from beside him and then they cut to an actual like prosthetic like coming out of his mouth with the blood and you know from like a more frontal angle and and i'm like i look look pretty good
2: but their friends think they're just making out in the car because Mm -hmm. they've had their lips locked for so long Uh, so they just leave in their own car and just leave this couple like that and that nobody ever finds these people in the movie yeah
0: and then there's just a shot of the wet towel and books they left books on the beach and bottles just garbage just washing back and forth
2: again we have a character who is a cop who could be hearing about all these local disturbances Mm -hmm. this family of three that were killed these Mm -hmm. beach people that were stabbed through the head and and none of this word ever gets back to the only cop in the story Suddenly there's another huge shard in the middle of the kitchen floor and Uncle Ernest reminds Jake that he told them to throw that piece of shit away. As soon as Jake touches it on the ground, we get this really loud music sting and we cut to Lacey and Kevin returning in the car. Kevin runs to the well to wash the fish that he just caught while an invisible force tears Lacey's clothes off of her body in strips. She starts pounding on the front door screaming for help. And Jake finally gets the shard back in the mirror with his bloodied fingers. But
1: the mirror isn't out with her. Nope. So, like, how is this happening right now?
2: It's like, it's a pretty powerful Wi-Fi of evil. So (laughs) it's anything in that circle. You can kind of use it in the driveway.
1: I think that would have to be true, because even at the beach scene, by the time they were over by the car, they're not getting reflected on anymore. Yeah,
2: that's true. Lacey rushes to grab Kevin off the well, relieved that the invisible man is done tearing her clothes off. Jake finds her at the well with her clothes all torn and asks Lacey, who did this?
0: Jake, I don't know.
1: Tamara. Lacey, you were right. I should have taken you more serious. Beginning. He's here, Jake. I I know he's here. Who? When I broke the mirror, I released him.
2: And now, now he's going to get us. This is impossible.
1: I see he's dead. Your brother killed him
2: 20 years ago. So he believes that a mirror is causing all this, but not that the guy her brother killed could have anything to do with it.
0: And then he goes, hold on, I'm going to drive two hours and go see Dr. Warren
2: and rub this in his shitty face. For no fucking reason. Uh, and then right here is the laziest editing i have ever seen an actor quits the movie mid-take and they just left it in the cut Ernest goes this is unbelievable and then he walks out of the shot
1: no he's just the voice of us yeah Mm -hmm.
2: uh in the house Ernest calls father riley and he says you got to come out here we got we got some problems we need you to exercise a mirror Uh, Luckily Riley has a phone right at the front of the church like the one in Smokey and the Bandit 2. (laughs) Uh, We see Lacey smoking a pack of cigarettes in a room by herself just praying for God's strength to survive this mirror that they collectively refuse to throw away. Jake drives to Dr. Warren's home to complain about the mirror again for no reason at all. This is made especially obvious when the doctor stands with a book and says, you know, I found a similar incident, and Jake just says, never mind, I don't give a shit, and he walks out. <laughs> he's
0: like, I need to get back.
2: Yeah, he's like, here's a similar incident. The New York Times report, December 8th, 1975. Well, doctor, I, think, I think I should get back to the house. <laughs> so it's like, he could have just given you the cure for this thing. And you just walked away from him. Even John Carradine's character seems totally bewildered by this turn in the script suddenly helen and Ernest wander away to close up the barn together father riley arrives and listens to the whole stupid story over again jake as a joke i guess asks the priest if he believes in evil the priest doesn't quite understand the question and reaches for the mirror in an effort to reenact what jake is describing and immediately the whole room is glowing red i just like that he was literally like so wait you just went like this and the whole room is just like (laughs) evil Uh and the music sting fills the soundtrack again. Everyone's making panicky faces and suddenly a shard just shoots out of the mirror and affixes itself over Lacey's right eye. In the next shot, Lacey is turned away from us, aggressively doing dishes, and nobody thinks anything mm-hmm. uh is weird about that.
0: Jake just looks over and goes, damn straight.
2: Yep. <laughs> we hear a scream outside and Jake and the father move to investigate. In the barn
0: <laughs> Father, right. <Ryan. laughs> not not his father. The, there's no the other father,
2: father in here. Uh peter mccallister jake is the father he can't be the father in the barn they look around for a while until blood starts dripping on the father's head and they notice that Ernest is stabbed to the wall above them with a pitchfork through his neck then they find helen just sort of lazily wrapped in a hose but it's not like around her neck and it's not tight enough to strangle her so maybe she just got lost in here but she falls over dead uh in the house jake tries to call the police and the phone line just explodes like it though the middle of the wire pops and just separates
0: <laughs> it's like a piece of debt cord from yeah uh,
2: just again nobody throws this mirror away lacy is nonchalantly cooking in the corner when jake asks lacy what are you doing i'm fixing supper dear honey Ernest and helen are dead oh that makes dinner for four then father you are staying aren't you <laughs> <laughs> I, I did like... such a great line <laughs> Uh, When Jake finally gets her turned around, he sees that her eye is a mirror, and it's suddenly glowing intensely bright green in his face, and another sting on the track as she shouts... (laughs)
1: switching the colors of our evil mirror.
2: Green means go. (laughs) I don't know. Jake is bleeding from the eyes as Lacey growls at him. The priest just stares at her and then he slowly turns to Jake on the floor and then he slowly turns back to her and then a door falls off its hinges behind (laughs) him. (laughs) <laughs> and then he slowly turns to look at that
0: i i thought for sure someone was gonna come in like <laughs> I, a zombi- I thought it was like just a, a
2: mistake <laughs> <laughs> but then she, he moves across the kitchen to get a crucifix and she comes through that door that just fell open mm-hmm. so she teleported outside the room and then kicked the door in um but she's slowly floating through it she lifts off the ground and he brings this crucifix up to her intending to pry this mirror off of her eye and while she's resisting she just says get away get away and then a knife flies from across the room and lodges in his back Suddenly, Riley is bleeding profusely from the top of his head.
1: Which is a frame. Yeah. So it's like somebody's just above him pouring a bucket of blood down his forehead. Or
2: even like chocolate syrup, it looks like. Yeah. (laughs) Because of the lighting, we can't tell the color.
0: Yeah. And it's not like an airplane situation where the sweat is clearly like coming out of the headphones. Yeah. Like there's like nothing on his head that would
2: indicate like something to hide it. It's just.
1: And and, at this point, no injury has has happened to his head
2: right yeah we saw a knife hit him in the back but nothing happened to his head uh wind is blowing everything in a cyclone through the kitchen as willie just sits at the table terrified willie shouts his first word of the film lacy while riley tries to save her after a few attempts he gets the mirror off of her and as he backs away Lacey shakes uncontrollably screaming in her own voice again we notice another knife and two forks have joined the first knife in riley's back <laughs> as he turns it's it's more like in the pillow in his shirt because yeah, yeah. He it's, a he's a full love hunchback love all of a sudden <laughs> uh he he turns to drop the mirror shard into the sink where it erupts in flame as he collapses to the kitchen floor to bleed out the room is still green for some reason and we hear a heartbeat in the mirror willie throws a jacket over it as he and jake finally take it outside to the well
0: the well uh the like the corner cabinet one of those rotating corner cabinets
2: yeah this a rotating cabinet in the kitchen spins around to reveal where kevin has been hiding this whole time and then he just tries to run away until his mom catches him out in the yard the guys run the mirror outside and drop it in the well and it causes an enormous mushroom cloud
1: (laughs) because this mirror is made of potassium i guess (laughs) (laughs) it has
2: to be uh they all watch the fire burn out splattered with blood and we cut to a cemetery where Helen and Ernest are buried. I don't know if this means that Father Riley survived or they just don't give a shit about him.
0: And also, how do you how did they explain all of these deaths? Nope. Like Don't we like, need to do that. Like, are you gonna say, Oh yeah, the mirror killed them?
2: Natural causes. <laughs> well i guess that's why her husband's a cop so they can just sweep all that under the rug yeah we're we're
1: not gonna blame the mentally handicapped guy with a drawer full of knives yeah (laughs) he
2: he came right at me we don't i had to hit him with that pitchfork
1: we
0: don't have a psychologist who we've been seeing who can testify to seeing Lacey screaming about murdering people
1: nope
2: none of that happened willie assures Lacey that she isn't responsible for these deaths because now he can talk but she's at least responsible for these deaths as she is for the first death in the film. This was a much more traumatizing incident than before. I feel like whatever happens after this will be much worse than what happened in this film. Uh, The last shard of the mirror falls off of Kevin's shoe finally as he's jumping up and down with excitement for an upcoming road trip. Because I guess
0: he's never worn different shoes or changed his shoes or anything in the last month. And nothing says
1: jump around like uh, hanging out in a cemetery. Yeah. I thought Uh, for
0: sure... When he was wrestling with this kid that that mirror was gonna piece, fall off well no that the mirror piece was going to activate and and you were just gonna see like kevin strangling this other <laughs> oh kid my god
2: this that would that'd be great better. yeah uh but instead they just leave it in the grass here it's right played like, next
1: to like two sprinkler <laughs> heads. yeah there's two yeah. invisible there's visible sprinkler sitting in here i'm like we're fine this is <laughs> over yeah, this is taking
2: care of itself <laughs> in the next few hours in the second film she has kept the final shard with her so they must have discreetly noticed it and then came back for it right after the end of this film our writer-director Uli Lommel, his IMDb biography also says that Boogeyman made both 25 and 35 million worldwide. It's entirely possible it made that much, but I am not convinced that it did. I think that he came in here and edited his biography and uh, inflated the the earnings of this film. 25. No.
0: 35 yeah. million at the
2: top it says it made 25 million worldwide and then at the bottom it's like this movie made 35 million dollars so it's like which which is it abe better keep your story straight uli lommel was a frequent collaborator with reiner Fossbinder and andy warhol between 2005 and 2008 he directed 17 feature films about serial killers we'll see his direction next in 1982 for brainwaves he also plays the film director in boogeyman 2 making a film about the events of this film <laughs> so he's basically playing himself
0: wonderful kind of reminds me of like west craven's new nightmare
2: yeah uh writer Susanna love met her husband director uli lommel auditioning for his earlier film blank generation which had a very limited release the same year she appears in both films she co-wrote boogeyman with him stars as Lacey and her brother nicholas love stars as willie her brother in the film so they're actually siblings those hmm. two
0: it's just like donnie darko
2: yeah the Halls. you can go suck a fuck oh please tell me elizabeth how exactly does one suck a fuck <laughs> she's also in brainwaves and boogeyman 2 possibly only in footage from this movie i haven't seen it that's not true i watched it today <laughs> and uh <laughs> and she is in the film and in the flashbacks Uh, she also wrote devonsville terror and strangers in paradise with her husband writer david herschel this is his only credit (laughs) four out of five doctors is a band that provided two songs for the soundtrack of this film and they also play the house band in house on sorority row where they play five songs for that film john carradine was dr warren his sons robert david and keith appeared earlier this year in Long Riders, but sadly his scenes were cut from the film. He was Hatfield in Stagecoach, Jim Casey in Grapes of Wrath, Aaron in The Ten Commandments, and The Voice of the Great Owl in The Secret of Nim. He also makes an appearance in 1980 title Monstroid, which we'll be covering next year. In 1981, we'll see him in The Howling, The Monster Club, and Goliath Awaits, if we cover TV movies, but sadly we don't. Yeah. Nicholas Love played Willie. This was his first film, wouldn't you know it? He's back for Brainwaves, written and directed by his sister and brother-in-law. He played Jeff Hauser in The Deadpool and Man in Wheelchair in Wild at Heart. Jane Pratt played Jane. She's a TV interviewer in Kingpin and somehow plays herself, Jane Pratt, in Vanilla Sky. So she must be an actual interviewer or something. Charles David Richards played teenager. He's credited here as Stony Richards. He was a Mater D in Punchline. He's a commuter in predator 2 and a stagehand in Three Men and a Little Lady. Aunt Helen, actress Felicity Morgan, was actually Susanna Love's mother, playing her aunt in the film. <laughs> and Lucinda Zeisling, who played Susan, was her cousin. Which one was Susan? I think it's one of the kids from the house. Yeah, probably one of the girls, I would guess.
1: Why well, I thought they were all credited as teenager.
2: No, the, the, the I think the f- those are the ones on the on the quote unquote beach.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, Susan, the ha- from the ha- from the yes the house with the creepy little brother yeah got it
2: um those are all the credits i had for this one
0: well and i just want to say again i really loved the soundtrack yeah uh the the i i was just like I was actually looking up what how much the vinyl goes for right now. Oh <laughs> my was, god. Because like the soundtrack's actually really great.
1: I <laughs> um, felt actually really bad for Mr. Krog because there was some really weird editing happening in this movie and these scenes kept like they would be playing this really intense music and then it would just cut. Yeah,
2: yep. it was that House of Dark Shadows school of yeah. film scoring where you score the dailies and then you edit the film together. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, it's just like, because it just, well, as it's soon it's a new as scene, there's outside, no music here. No, it doesn't, doesn't need to carry <laughs> (laughs) over at all
0: um much like the previous movie we watched which is brew i felt like this movie was not as interesting in the first half but at least in the second half i was like what is happening the moment that piece of glass uh started to glow i was like okay hold on this is a supernatural movie i just thought this was going to be the brother killing people
2: yeah yeah um i thought it was a serial killer movie
0: (laughs) yeah now now it's that oh yeah there's a ghost in the mirror. It's like, is, is there?
1: <laughs> I think I was so frustrated and distracted by not really understanding the rules yeah. of this movie that I couldn't really get into it. I'm yeah. just like, I don't know w- when he attacks. I don't know who is attacking. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on.
2: Yeah, and I, but I do have to say the cinematography for all of the the light bouncing off of mirrors, mm-hmm. especially in that last kitchen scene where the whole room lights up or they're bouncing this bright spot off of her eye and filling the room with this green, like all of that looked really incredible. And yeah. also, when the light is blinding, uh, Jake mm-hmm. and he's like wiping blood out of his face.
0: Yeah, it with that again, coupled with the soundtrack, was I, I was reminded a lot of Mandy. Okay, with like really intense color values and a really great synth uh, soundtrack
2: that yeah. it has. But it just it doesn't have the story to back it up. No, no, no. There were there were competent people on set, but they there weren't competent people in the pre-production of this film. Um yeah. I think that's everything there is to say about that one. What what do you think? Just down up.
1: Oh, down. I I didn't need to watch this movie the first time. Definitely won't watch it again.
2: Yeah, I think it's a down for me.
0: It's a down for me. Although I will never get I I don't like horror as you know. Yeah. But that that kid in the window death like i don't know why it upsets me so much yeah <laughs> i
1: don't know why because the i think the scissor scene it was so much more intense yeah. you know the the very very slowly driving the slightly opened scissors like through her neck yeah, yeah. that's intense
2: yeah that's pretty it's pretty rough um letterbox what do you think of richard
0: um i have this at 108 okay which is just below death ship and just ab- above the exterminator
2: All right, Jessica.
1: I have it at 135. It is below home movies and above middle-aged crazy.
2: I have it in 127. It's below without warning and just above defiance. I think that's everything for this one. If you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, we are Vintage Video Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd, Whereas I've said before, you can find each of our full movie rankings for the year. We can also be found at VintageVideoPodcast.com. Please consider rating us on iTunes to help people find the show, and if you take the time to leave us a review, we will thank you personally in an upcoming episode. If you're feeling especially generous, you can also support the show through Patreon.com VintageVideoPodcast. Because this is our first episode of the month again, I wanted to remind our listeners about our Patreon campaign for anyone who hasn't had time to check it out. Vintage Video will always be free to listen to, but if it's worth it to you, a donation as small as a buck a month is greatly appreciated. We're into November now. We've been doing the show for 10 months, and this is our 141st episode. We're averaging 14 titles a month, which means for the buck a month tier, you're donating seven or eight cents an episode, We also offer a five dollar tier about 36 cents per film which includes a shout out on the show a monthly exclusive episode reviewing a title from the 70s and a hand in choosing each month's film we've recorded 10 so far and from december 1970s releases our second tier members are choosing between eight titles the aristocats disney's animated musical about a family of aristocratic cats Trying to Find Their Way Home featuring the voices of Ava Gabor, Phil Harris, Paul Winchell, Skatman Cruthers, Thurl Ravenscroft, Sterling Halloway, Pat Buttram, and Charles Lane from Little Dragons this year. Brewster McCloud, Robert Altman's experimental comedy with Bud Cort in the lead as a reclusive young man living in a fallout shelter of the Houston Astrodome trying to invent functional wings and becoming the suspect of a series of murders.
1: That sounds fascinating.
2: <laughs> it also stars Sally Kellerman, Shelley Duvall, Renee Abergenois, and Stacey Keach. Little Big Man, Arthur Penn's revisionist western about the potentially exaggerated life of a 121-year-old white man raised by the Cheyenne tribe starring Dustin Hoffman, Faye Dunaway, and Martin Balsam. Love Story, Arthur Hiller's romantic drama starring Ali McGraw and Ryan O'Neill which gave birth to the famous line Love means never having to say you're sorry. Husbands, John Cassavetes' comedy drama starring himself, Ben Gazzara, and Peter Falk as three friends entering midlife crises in the wake of the death of a mutual friend, Rio Lobo, the final film of director Howard Hawks, an American Western starring John Wayne from a script by Lee Brackett who wrote Empire Strikes Back for us earlier this year, Scars of Dracula, a Hammer film from director Roy Ward-Baker starring Christopher Lee as Dracula, and finally, There Was a Crooked Man, joseph l mankiewicz western starring kirk douglas henry fonda hume cronin warren oates burgess meredith and alan hale jr each of which will be celebrating their 50th anniversaries this december if this sounds like something you'd be interested in you can find our campaign at patreon.com slash vintage video podcast and if not i hope you'll at least do us the honor of continuing to listen thanks again and i hope you'll join us next time when we'll be discussing christmas evil which imdb describes like so A toy factory worker, mentally scarred as a child upon learning Santa Claus is not real, spoiler alert, suffers a nervous breakdown after being belittled at work and embarks on a yuletide killing spree. We leave you now with the trailer for Christmas Evil.
1: I told you he'd be happy that we remembered him.
2: This Christmas, Santa's going to make (laughs) everyone (laughs) happy. The grown-ups.
0: And the kids.
2: Christmas evil. The (laughs) non-believers.
0: and the screamers. Ah!
2: And this Christmas, you better believe in Santa, or he'll slay you.
0: Merry Christmas, Frank.
2: Christmas evil, the night he dropped in.